Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. It's a drunken soiree in the wifi. Chris and Stu present Hardcore Listing, the podcast. Hello and a welcome to Hardcore Listing Podcast. I'm one half of your presenting duo. I'm the best one. I'm Stu Whiffin. And sitting up with me via the means of Zoom is... Uh, the worst one. Yeah. That's what you want to hear, isn't it, Stu? Absolutely. On a Saturday morning. <laughs> Chris Glasson. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. I've been better than you. You've been poorly, right? Oh, yeah. Um, two days ago, um, I was working from the floor... Um, under my duvet, talking to two solicitors, three solicitors, and I bet they had no idea what my situation was. But yeah, my back went into spasm for a few days, which was awful. I'm not sure the listeners care though. They've never no. really asked about my well- welfare before, Stu. So I'm not sure if they're gonna gonna start now. But yeah, I'm all better. Okay, well, before we uh, introduce today's guest, um, just quickly want to thank uh, 76 for producing this podcast, and we should also thank our sponsors, uh, which are Christopher. Charles and lovebeer.co.uk, um, and in these crazy times, if you go on to lovebeer.co.uk, you can also get a 15% off um, any order, and he will Is deliver that lovely code, to your uh, doorstep. Yes, it's LBHCLP. But I'm sure, Wonderful. as Charles has said, many of you have already subscribed and, and, and purchased from that. So thank you so much. And our other lovely sponsor is? It's Luke Van Boom of Bang Boom Creative. And, uh, and yeah, so big thanks to um, both Love Beer and Bang Boom Creative. Go and give them a follow on the, on the socials and, uh, and support, uh, yeah, these, uh, these flourishing independent businesses. Right, let's get, uh, let's get on it. Chris, I'll leave you to introduce today's guest. Today, we have the lovely Emma Sal with us. Hello, Emma. Hi. Hi, guys. Uh, Queen Kitten of the Killing Kittens Empire, I would probably call it now. Nice. I like that word, Empire. (laughs) Uh, Emma, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, I've actually seen, um, I've had adverts come through for your podcast, and I, I was, I'm famously, even though I've recorded thousands, rarely ever listened to podcasts. And I saw your, uh, an advert come through for uh, your podcast, which hopefully you will get to chat about. And uh, I was like, that'd be a great guest. And Stu, about two or three days later, went, I've been contacted by uh, Emma Sale, the Killing Kittens. And I went, this is the stars of a line. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks very much. We, we obviously invite you on to discuss the top five of your choice. So I'll let you uh, tell us what that is about at the moment. Um, 
but yeah, and just. I, I, and I think it's important as well that before we, we, we say what the top five is, mm. just to give listeners that might not um, know what Killing Kittens is, a bit of backstory as to as to, uh, as to what it is. Yeah, sure. So I, it was founded in 2005, um, so it's been 15 years. Um, it's a pla- online and offline platform and world um, that basically was, that was built for women to explore their sexuality in a safe environment non-judgmental world um and it's just turned into a massive sort of global community and is now considered a tech business so what started as um offline mass parties which a lot of people know the tip of the iceberg of killing kittens and the daily mail headlines is the orgies <laughs> and um and then sort of the icebergs written rid, you know risen up um and that's a huge online sort of dating social network and loads of educational workshop side um to it so yeah it's a crazy crazy world with sort of that sex positive explore your sexuality without being judged world which was very female focused but it's sort of all inclusive um now but with very much sort of women um driving it so yeah that's it really in a nutshell <laughs> well so it's, it has exploded into a tech company yeah, so what, yeah, more, most of our revenue, yeah, most of our revenue um, comes from the online virtual world, digital wow. KK, which is how we're now surviving in the current um, climate. Um, so yeah, so the online is about one hundred sixty thousand members across the world, and they use it sort of think Bumble meets Facebook when it comes to the tech side of it, with some event bright thrown in there <laughs> for the offline event. Um, yeah, so it's kind of it's loads of loads of things going on, big world. What made you sort of in two thousand and five go right? Let's let's let's. Um, three days of no sleep in Ibiza. That's um, <laughs> where it kind of. It, do you know what? It was it, it was this sort of fire in my belly that it just was constantly being stoked about the world just being very imbalanced, and yeah. it came to women and men. And I was constantly seeing, and I grew up in the Middle East, um, so I saw the way women were treated there. Um, and I, but I was at boarding school back in England, so where I, you know, was told that women could, girls could be whatever we wanted to be. So yeah. it just wasn't happening in real life. And then, sort of, Sex in the City came out, and at the same time, I saw just the way men could sleep around and do whatever they wanted, and they were high fived and they were legends. Um, and women, you know, you, girls had one one night stand and they were sluts and slut shamed. And boys would go, "Oh, you know, I've met this really nice girl, but she's not girlfriend material." And you'd be like, "Why not?" Well, she slept with loads of people, and it was yeah. just this sort of. And I was doing the PR actually for the erotica show, helping there, and again saw this back in two thousand four. Just saw that everything in the adult sex world was claiming to be female friendly, but it was all run by men, um, owned by men. That and it was just sort of very much the patriarch controlling yeah. sex world, claiming to be female friendly. Did yeah. it seem like they were using that as a marketing tool as opposed to it actually being female friendly? Yeah, so, it was still, that's the thing, because they needed to, because it was at that time when the media was saying there was this female sexual revolution happening and, and Summers hit the high streets and Lalo sex toys went into Selfridges. And so I was getting a lot of sort of clients or people coming to me asking how they could make their brands more female friendly. And it was all just sort of, you know, lip talk yes. <laughs> kind of thing with them. Um, and I just thought they're all, you know, wanting to be seen to be female friendly. But actually, what are they really doing? And what are they really, are they really looking at the difference between sex and what sex is to women? Because mm. it's always just been known as what it is to men. And yeah. even now, age 42, and having done what I do now for like 15 years, if you said to me sex, I'd immediately go, it's a man's penis in a vagina and the end point is the man coming. 
you know what I mean? It's kind of that ingrained yeah. kind of, yeah. it's how we've grown up and what we believe, you know, been told to be, that's what sex is all about. So it's just sort of to changing that conversation and yeah, which is yeah. what we've been trying to do. And is, do you do that within your workshops and stuff like that? Yeah, so all the workshops and just talk and having talks and debates and, and just trying to kind of normalise the conversation so that actually it's, you know, it's sex, we're animals. <laughs> it shouldn't be some seedy thing that's really embarrassing. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, go on, Shiv. Okay, well, um, it's incredible what you've, what you've set up and developed and built and, and I guess that's going to have some, some bearing on what you've chosen for your top five today. So do you want to introduce uh, what your top five is going to be, please, Emma? Um, my, the top five I've cho- chosen are given everything I do is to do with women, empowering women are, are badass women from not necessarily alive, but just sort of five badass women that have really, yeah, done some seriously cool stuff. <laughs> Wicked. Was there any other considerations uh, for topics or did you just go straight to that? Do you know what? It was just immediately, I use the word badass a lot. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I'm always looking at, I'm really just interested in people and humans and, and men as well as in who's doing what and, um, and history. And I love my history. Um, so, no, I mean, you know, there's, there was other, it was the one that was like, right, can I do this? I yeah. said to our PRs, and he, yeah, she said, right, buy this. I went, this. <laughs> so it was <laughs> Are yours so in order of, from, you know, is number five your, you know, you're not as favourite, and your number one, the absolute, your, your total you shiro? Funny enough, I've got um, the way I've just, yeah, just, I've wrote some bits down earlier, and actually the number one is my absolute number. She's the only person that, if I met in real life, because celebrities, blah, 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 you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not impressed. Unless someone's a decent human being, yeah. I don't care who they are and yeah. what they do. Um, but she's the only person that if I met in real life, I literally would sob uncontrollably. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, okay, well, number five. Um, number five, Jacinda Arden. Is that how you pronounce her surname? Yeah, New Zealand. Yeah. Jacinda Arden, yeah. Um, she's just ever since I, yeah, she came into sort of my orbit <laughs> of uh, knowing her existence, just when straight away, you know, she was pregnant and having a baby <laughs> while being prime minister. And then, and the youngest, you know, the youngest prime minister, female and New Zealand, you know, if you know New Zealand, it's a pretty male world. They're, the mm. man, the New Zealand men are pretty Neanderthal and they'll admit mm. that as well yeah. you know and it's got the high one of the highest domestic abuse numbers yeah. in the world and so to have for you know a young a, the youngest one to come in and be respected and be made prime minister and a female yeah. um, and when you look at what she's had to deal with in a very short space of time from you know you couldn't get it in a in a hollywood blockbuster really <laughs> it's like mass shooting uh you know earthquake volcano global pandemic i mean it's sort of you know, just sort of, right, and having the baby at the same time. And I've got three kids under five. And, you know, dealing with one baby is, yeah. <laughs> is enough. It is enough. And <laughs> mentally as well, you're all over the place. So, um, was it, all that, yeah. Was it the mass shootings that um, kind of put her on your radar? Because it, it was for me. Yeah, big um, time. And I just remember just seeing her addressing. Thought, yeah, just saw because it's the empathy, isn't it? I think, that, mm. I think that's what a lot of leaders, and especially 
male leaders, and this isn't a man bashing thing, it's women are much more empathetic. You know, they do have it. And I think that makes a good leader because you mm-hmm. want people to relate to you and you want to be aware of everyone's different emotions and psychologies and not just running from your ego mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, power. And it was just, you could see it in the way she spoke and got very emotional and the way she was instantly hugging everyone, you know, wearing a burqa out there, hugging everyone. And and also within seven days, she went sod this and banned, you know, semi-automatic weapons. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you don't see that happening in America. No. Um, that's, that, that's because there's, I think there's a little bit of ego in the one that runs America. I'm not sure. I think there might be a little bit. <laughs> probably, probably some huge financial interest as well. But yeah, exactly. uh, I mean, we should we should say that we're recording this uh, in lockdown, and we're recording this um, just a few days after the, the awful stuff that's been happening in America. And yeah. am I right in saying that Donald Trump? Did, please tell me this was a meme, and he didn't actually say. No, he said it. When they start looting, we start was, shooting. Um, I saw the original tweet. He actually wrote it in a in a tweet. I mean, fuck me. I, I've got to be honest. About three weeks ago, when he said that thing about trying to inject light into the body, he said light kills COVID. So I've been talking to our top guys about how we can get light in our body. I was, I kind of, uh, yeah. And he yeah I, I can't believe a human being is saying that. And I just, I've just had to. I can't listen to him anymore. It's too, it's too surreal. It's too it is. It's too it surreal. Yeah. And it's strange when, when like, my, my daughters ask me, like, what, why is he saying that? And I'm like, um, I have no answers. I'm like, I've no idea other than the, the, the guy's a moron. Like, I, I, I can't explain why he's saying these things. And, like, my kids are like, that's strange, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, it's really strange. Mm, that's that's not what a leader should do. No, absolutely not. Um, but that um, what Adern did in terms of banning banning semi-automatic rifles, it it, it shows a, a conviction to just yeah. actually take action. Well, that's uh, it. there's so much there's so much talk, isn't there? Yeah. And you know, oh, we can't do it. We can't. You go well. You can actually. You know. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, you can. <laughs> I might be disliked for it by some, but actually, yeah. I think for the greater good, it's 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 the better option. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely, it was definitely then like seeing her response to that that just I remember saying to my, my, my wife at the time I was just going like this is this this woman's incredible she she just literally it it it, it shone through the screen it, it really did you just think that's what you want when when you know when the kind of shit hits the fan you want somebody like that with empathy that yeah that you just think all oh, right you know that's what she should be doing. She should be hugging them people. It's like... Yeah, know, and, and wearing yeah. a burqa out of respect. You know what Incredible. I mean? That's the thing. You've got one, you know, one country doing that. She's, while yeah. she's wearing that, the other country we've just been speaking about, they're banning, you know, banning burkas. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's respect, isn't it? And understanding and that, you know, sort of amongst all our countries, totally mixed cultures and religions and stuff. It's just, you know, as long as no one's hurting anyone, then you just let everyone be who they are. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Hundred percent. Number four. Um, Joan of Arc. <laughs> you probably guessed that one. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, she's incredible. You she, know, that... I mean, that's the thing. She was thirteen. Um, <laughs> I mean, thir- basically, was well, thirteen when she started having peasant girl um, visions and dreams, um, and believed she was sent by God to um, save France from the English. Um, there's probably a lot of people out there having similar dreams, um, but not having them. Um, and managed, at age 16 as well, managed to um, convince a court 
um, basically taking vows of chastity that she didn't need to have to go into an arranged marriage, which obviously back then was pretty, you know, no <laughs> given. Um, and then managed to get to see Charles VII, uh, get into his court to convince him. Um, and actually he was convinced by she knew things that, um, from these dreams that no one else knew. But along the way, um, had she had built up an army, age 16, of followers who believed that she was the, the virgin saviour of France. I mean, that takes some doing, <laughs> especially back then as a teenage girl. <laughs> I can't remember what I was doing at 16. It's hazy, but I'm, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's comparable. I mean, for any like that's incredible. It's it's such a it's such a mad story, and I yeah. think when you pick historic characters, um, I, 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 there's a few that um, in and around those centuries that just blow my mind because I just yeah. think in such a brutal world where you could wrong one wrong foot, especially in terms of you're talking about things like religion. Yeah, uh, you can quickly find yourself without your head. Um, yeah, it's just so it's courageous, and but beyond, you know, there's 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 being courageous and there's having the wit and the intellect to be able to and the charisma to be able to get everyone on board with what yeah. you're saying That's as a sixteen-year-old girl. You know, there's a lot of people with ideas out there, but you you it's getting people to believe them. I mean, we've spoken about Trump, there's Boris. You know, there's certain. Yeah. They have a certain energy, yeah. you know, that you do go, well, they're getting, Boris, not so much at the moment, but, you know what I mean, he managed, yeah, it's that convincing, isn't it? And the energy when they speak that you go, yeah, I believe them and I want to be part of it, that, you know, takes not, there's a very few people that have it. Yeah. Mm. Not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> but no, no. They have it. Definitely not. Uh, uh, and I think... Uh, uh, Joan probably didn't have uh, a huge uh, media team of advisors no. and uh, a marketing <laughs> and spin. I don't think there was any of that. Exactly. exactly. But the in- one interesting thing with Joan is that all the time, all the other, pa- all the powerful men around Charles um, felt threatened by her and were saying, don't do it, and disagreeing with everything, and t- all the generals telling him not to listen to her, not to go into this battle. And in the end, they he chose her and they went in and actually she was responsible for him being crowned basically. But then she happened to fall off a horse in a battle and got taken by the English. And then Charles wouldn't step in and help her because he didn't want to be associated with a witch. So, you know, it was only 20 years later that he grew some balls and decided to have another trial, which exonerated her. And then obviously she's remained the patron saint of um, France. Yeah, that's an epic At age nineteen, she was burnt for being a witch. <laughs> so, yeah, tra- tragic way. Yeah. Well, b- before we get on to the next one, should we talk a little bit about the podcast? Yeah. So, um, obviously, kind of uh, seeing the business grow um, to, to where it's got. Why the decision to to do a podcast, and um, how did you decide on the format for it? And um, do you know what we've been we've been basically it had been something ever since sort of podcast came in to existence it was sort of and all I it was the kind of same time we were have always been doing for a while kind of ed, the educational side of KK and the workshops and the talk so there was always this sort of um well there is the learning and interesting topics and a whole load of experts that we've used for all these for all these things and events we've been doing um 
And it was, again, a, you know, a, we've got a huge community and it was, and amongst that community, everyone talks about it and talks about it very openly. And if we were like, well, if we want to get the conversation into the mainstream to be people more open um, when it comes to sex, then actually sort of a podcast is a good way to do it because everyone and anyone can listen to it and it gets it out there. Um, so we always wanted to do it, but I didn't want to do it. We didn't want to do it. And I, you know, was like, well, I don't just want to be a host speaking to experts because that's just a bit dull. Mm -hmm. Um, And just went, we need a format. And then um, some guys, a production company who, um, yeah, I've known the guys ages came, you know, said, well, you should be doing a podcast. And we were thinking about format. And then I had another baby and another baby for three and five years. And um, so it's kind of delayed. Um, And then... um, and then I've been doing lots of work with and um, become good friends with Emma Kenny, you know, ITV this morning psychologist, and Harriet Minter, the host of the Badass Women's Show on Talk Radio, and gotten really well with them. And we've used them for talks and debates in in um, KK. And it was sort of well, actually, it'd be really good if there was three of us um, and have a kind of thread going through all the podcasts, just us three and what we're up to personally, like Harriet's dating life and, um, and Emma's constant sex life. And, um, <laughs> um, and, but then how, ha- and have some, rather than just have ex experts in it and experts from the adult sex world to make it really mainstream and have celebs in. So it just becomes sort of a really kind of open, honest, funny chat about everything kind of post me too and there's a bit you know where they're always a bit of a female slant to it but get lots of male guests in so from Noel Clark the actor to David Gower cricketer it's a you know real mix of and real alpha males or complete mix of them um so that the chat is very different um but very open when it comes to anything to do with dating and um and sex but with some of our experts in the mix as well so there's some sort of what some of the episodes are are you know are really good you can learn a lot <laughs> so yep. and then you've got the ones that are sort of the celeb kind of chats which are sort of they're more inspiring in their journeys and their sort of personal sexual dating journeys um yeah so is, is the podcast sort of date sensitive emma or can people sort of drop in and out and 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 if you was to direct someone to a, an episode to to start with would you say go back to the beginning or or, or drop it, in at um, any point it's not dates because we've done the series we were basically did one a week for the so we've done the first series i think there's 10 or 11 um so they can all go back and drop into any of them the first one although I think it's down as number two, um, it's just the three of us. I think it's called It's a Kitten's World. So it's just the three of us um, just talking about, that's more about KK and how it is now, how society is. And so that's quite, that's probably a good starting point to set the scene of what what we're all about. Sure. Uh, yeah. I think the format, I think what's always, regardless of the guests that you come on, I think the chemistry between you and the hosts and having that sort of, natural dialogue that's what's worked for us to isn't it i think there's it's it's, Definitely. A, it's i think the great thing about podcasts is te- television is very much you can't have any sort of it's always very direct everything's very planned what's being said a lot of the time and yeah. you lose that sort of sense and thread of conversation and you lose that sort that human element to it so i think you've done well in picking the, the the format and who you have as you, you, you're the base three of you and it's sort of like interweaving your lives in and out of it yeah and as my my hubby listened to them all kind of before they launched he, i had them all the soundbite and he listened to them all out walking 
and I hadn't realised it. He said, it's awesome. He said, because I was just wanting to listen to the next one because I wanted to know what was the next continuation of Harriet's love life. Um, so <laughs> the Harriet, we literally, without even thinking, it's just, it's, that's, the, that's the thread <laughs> throughout the podcast. <laughs> Although she's now got a boy- boyfriend who's living with her in lockdown, so we'll have to uh, switch it up for series two. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, number three. Um, another history one. Then it's two people that you that everyone will know. It's Tamar the Great, who was the first king or queen, but they didn't call it queen at the time of um, Georgia, which was the most big ancient kingdom that kind of ended up. Um, and during her, she was made at age eighteen by her dad. She had lots of brothers, um, but her dad, epic for the time, saw the drive and grit in her about wanting to expand the the kingdom. So made made her king over the um over um the brothers she ruled for 29 years um and had this real kick-ass um basically kick-ass group of knights that turned into a massive oh, army. Wow. um but everything it wasn't just her sort of taking over other land and other kingdoms it were that all the loads of churches and cathedrals got built the economy sorry it was basically the most successful she was the most successful king ever of Georgia um, wow. in in that time. So, um, yeah, seriously badass, age 18 again. <laughs> I've, I've got to be honest, I've, I've not heard of her. That's that's that. Have you, Chris? Um, it's not, it didn't immediately leap to mind, whether or not that's something I've looked at in the past. So yeah. I think I think we've learnt one there. That, that sounds like you're dressing up the fact that you hadn't there. Or total guesswork. No, yeah, no, that was complete you know, guesswork. Yeah, no, yeah. I think I have. No, you haven't. Well, she divorced <laughs> that one good thing as well. She, um, she divorced her first husband, a Russian, and threw him out of the country. So I'll take off. <laughs> <laughs> in her badass state, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way to be able to get someone out your hair, isn't it? Right, I'll buy the one throwing you out yeah. of my country. It's not going to work. You, I don't, I don't want to be. Yeah. Um, that, well, that's a, a good version of meritocracy. That is when the, the when the, the, the her father said, "You're the one." Yeah. You know, let's 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 you instead of thinking of like tr- traditions, let's go on what you know what values and who I think actually. Mm-hmm is going to take this place forward and it's actually you again that's that's good that's brave on his behalf i guess but yeah, um, and it's, it's nice to see it's just not so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you got sure have you got any is there anyone historical that, that that rings bells to you hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's... Uh, do you know what? I was, I was literally watching um, a documentary uh, this morning and uh and it was about um it was about female drummers <laughs> in bands really and and it was based around the um the the, the woman patty that was the drummer in um hull with courtney love yeah and uh and then on there there was like this whole list of female drummers from like the bangles the go-go's and uh i'm right the way through to to now and and it, they were all just saying how like drummers are, are kind of looked upon as they should be men like you know it, it was like and they were saying like they were saying how iconic karen carpenter was because she was the singer and the drummer in the carpenters yeah. and it's like and there wasn't hardly any female drummers in in, in existence well, I, then. Um, I learned i went to an all girls boarding school from eight and started playing the trombone age nine because no one in the school played the trombone and i was like <laughs> If boys can play a trombone, I'm playing the trombone. I played it until I was like 15. And then at 15, you're in that funny time when I was like, it's just not very feminine. <laughs> I don't play it anymore. But um, yeah. All, all the things I was great at as a kid, I think I got to about 15 and then I, I think hormones were kicking in yeah. and I realised that actually the only thing that was brilliant was women. <laughs> I was just like, oh, these, these other hobbies. That, yeah. that, I learned that, to play a whole different trombone at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Can I can I throw in a historical member? If if the next people are, are more uh, modern day people, next two, one and two, you'll know them. Yeah. Um, so my favourite, um, I I I went through a phase of the like pirates and female pirates are just my they're just the best. I need to look. So really, because I, I can say one Emma, and there's there's fifteen to twenty that are worth reading about. And what I find so crazy about that is because if you think of whatever landscape we're in now. Imagine trying to navigate the political landscape of piracy and being a swashbuckler. I just think that must be so crazy and dangerous and, you know, you're on the wrong side of the law a lot of the time. And, um, yeah, I think you can find yourself again with, you know, dead very quickly. And my favourite one, she was uh, previously a noblewoman who was forced into marriage at 12, had two children, lost the first husband, second marriage was annulled, third marriage she'd found that uh, a guy who the right guy the guy who treated her properly she had four kids with him and uh, she she's uh, uh, she was called the lioness of Brittany because what happened was um her husband was in charge of defending a certain portion of France and he lost it to the English and um he was captured but when France got him back the uh, ruler of France at the time thought that they bought him back too cheaply and then, therefore, it meant that her husband must have been a traitor because why would we get him back so for such less little money? So what he did was he tricked um, uh, Jean's husband, Oliver, to, to this tournament in France from Brittany. He went over there and then the, he went, oh, it's not really a tournament. I'm just going to hang you or behead you as being a traitor. And his wife, Jean, the lioness of Brittany, was so upset by this that she defected and she went over to um, England 
and between that and her own ship, she painted a mod an armada of ships black and put their sails as red and she named the main ship My Revenge. And then she just terrorized the French coastline for 13 years. <laughs> and just absolutely yeah, just run riot basically. And I just think that's incredible that she sort of um, she was able to again raise a, raise an ar- armada okay. to uh, avenge, like to avenge her husband. They say about a woman a woman scorn, didn't it? <laughs> that's it, yeah. Hell hath no fury. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> I, mean, I was angry. So I'm still angry. <laughs> 13 years later and I'm still massacring the French for killing my husband. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. It's brutal. I must say there's, there's others that are more like more inspiring and, and whatnot, but something just sat out in my mind on that one. That I just, yeah, think, it's just how, think. how they do it, that when you look at them and put them in that time, they don't have the power of social media or the digital world to, you know, create that movement. It is, it's hardcore hustle. You know, absolutely. <laughs> Total, absolutely. And networking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But very, very badass, like your title uh, of this. Yeah, for sure. Shall we uh, go on to number two? Let's do it. Um, Oprah Winfrey. Hey. That's, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, literally, you know, she came from total poverty, teenage single mother in Mississippi. Um, and look what she's done, you know, turned, she's got one of the largest entertainment empires in the world um and you know she's first female first african american to top the entertainment weekly influential 101 influential people um you know first multi-billionaire <laughs> female and african um and black um multi-billionaire in north america and and what i love about her is it's the she pays it forward you know, she's got this huge, this humility and a humble and, you know, she's got the Soul Sessions podcast, which, you know, is, is amazing. And and that goes on tour and um, as well. And she's just, you know, she's just a formidable woman that you just think if you sat there and had a cup of tea with her, she'd put her arms around you and you'd feel safe yeah. <laughs> and looked after. And so she just, I don't get that kind of not losing your roots. Definitely. Um, and you can't fake that either. No, you can't fake that. You get a lot of people trying to fake it. Yeah. And tend to be, you know, at one with the people and the peasants and, you yeah. know, and loads kind of giving it the big, you know, I'm doing all this charity work and giving back and, and you just go, well. Philan- oh, philanthropists, people? yeah, but they're yeah, not really. And you just think, mm, are you or is it just your name attached yeah. to something with everyone else doing everything for you and you're not actually putting a penny in? It's yeah. sort of, yeah, it's sort of with, with, um, with her, and she's you know, and she's become one of the most influential women in the world. Which, from where she started, um, incredible. You can draw some comparisons in in the sense of look, look how, look at your empire now, really, Emma. I mean, that must does does that make you think? Wow, I didn't think it was. Did you know? Did you ever? Do you have a suspicion that that's where you set your goals? Or where I wanted to is where I kind of again at the beginning. I said I like my history, and I always said from day one it wasn't a case of. Um, having this detailed business plan or looking day by day, yeah. I had five-year plans like Stalin. <laughs> so I had this big picture and the vision of where I wanted to be in five years. And then it was the next five years. And it was sort of, it was a very 
clear vision in my head um and after five years I wanted it to be online community as well as the parties and the next five years was to be out not just the UK to be global and then the next five years which we're hitting this year is for the tech to be this big digital tech and actually be a world um and a brand so it's sort of there um you know that's how I'm a big picture person I'm not very good at details um, which I've got, you know, an amazing CRO who's come on board. He's come on board the last four years and he's very good at detail. <laughs> he, um, and that side of the business side of things. So, you know, we're great. We, yeah, we're a great team and that sort of without him, um, it, I, you know, I needed him to basically do the vision that I, yeah, in, in my head, because I only tick a couple of boxes of what I'm able to do. Um, and you've got to bring in everyone around you. To I think you need that. I think pe- pe- people, you- um, people need to be able to deal with the, the granular minutia. Yeah, it's, it's stuff like I would fail to to do. Is, is that? Have you always? The... Have you always been really driven? Yeah, there's always been. I've always been very driven and very pokey. I've always poked and never. And even when I was teeny weeny, you know, I said I sort of ran away from home from the, the minute I could walk, and my suitcases just got bigger. And if I didn't agree with something in the house, I'm like, that's it. I'm out. Turn the door. Off I went. Um, and I've sort of always been that, no, that's not right. And just question, 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 and not really cared who it is I'm questioning, whether it's a teacher or it doesn't matter who they are. If I don't respect them, not being rude, I'll just question and go, no, that's not the right answer. And why is it? Why is it? You know, my parents said I just questioned. (laughs) Um, yeah. What did you study? Did you, did you, Degree? Um, did you do anything? Yeah, you know, I, I did sports science, sports and exercise science. So I was, um, I was a real maths and chemistry geek at school. Math, numbers is my thing. That's why actually in lockdown now, all I've been looking at is all the data and stats. I don't listen. I'm not interested in the opinions and, you know, what people are writing about. I just like looking at the numbers. Yeah. And that's what I form my opinions on. <laughs> so, um, um. Yeah, and also it kind of on that front, on the number side, it's sort of being able to go this plus this equals that. Not necessarily a numbers thing, but in a business, well, if I want to get that, then I need this plus this plus that, and then I can take that away because that's not working without being attached to that thing. It's very, it's like an analytical sort of sure. way of doing, and relationships. If relationships haven't worked, I'm like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> rather than kind of you know sobbing for three months <laughs> he hates me it's like well me plus him equals one <laughs> so um, um yeah it's just always but I was a real sports geek I loved my sports as well and that's sort of my passion now it's what I do still do different races and things and it's my outlet um and yeah so that's why I ended up doing the sports science side of things but realized I was much what I really loved was people and organizing all the events and the sports events. And the, yeah, I was the president of the first cocksock, which sounds rude. And when I do what I do now, I have to explain that cocktail society, which wasn't a push thing. It was sort of 2000 people in a nightclub in um, Birmingham drinking out of plastic cups and cocktails and barrels. So, um, um, yeah, so that was the bit I thought, right. I like people. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what, what club in Birmingham was it out of interest? Pulse. Pulse. It's still there. I don't know if it's still there. <clears throat> I, I was there for uni, and uh, yeah, I loved it you down there. Yeah. Well, I was. Uh, it was called UCE at the time. Oh, yeah, uh, they've, yeah. mer- they've merged now, but I did economics down there. 
had the time of my life. So yeah, yeah pulse no, rings no. a bell. Birmingham's <laughs> cool. It's a really cool. Ah, uh, it is. <laughs> Number one. Um. Dolly Parton. Hey, great, amazing. Literally. but uh, you know, I grew up listening to country music. Your mum always had country music um, playing, and I, I, so I grew up listening and loved the stories. You know, all the songs. It, it's country music as a whole that every, it's just stories, um, and not this crap you get in a lot of a lot of music nowadays. It just makes no sense, and you can't hear what they're. So loved that, and then I so I've always been really interested with Dolly. Um, and her, you know, she's one of 12 children, really, really poor. And some of her story, and I, I remember starting to look at that when, literally when I was at school, as to, because, you know, she's got songs like Coat of Many Colours, and you listen oh, to her. Oh, beautiful record. And you realize, and it's all real. And then you look up her history and, you know, of how, of the coat being made by her mum and sewed with love. And it's just, it's just that. And what she did, again, coming into a real man's, world and the country music and music as a whole yeah. and sort of breaking it breaking those barriers in the 50s 60s but keeping her femininity keeping her self-respect you know not selling out um and also keeping her publishing yeah she did with um that's with, so rare didn't she she said no to elvis presley mm-hmm. um and refused to give up up the rights for it yeah and i think that's, that's a that's smart that's move president, isn't it to a lot massively of, yeah, it basically it taught a lot of you know, especially women that self worth. Other yeah. artists, you, you know, you hear people like Taylor Swift and you know Karen would talk about her a lot, who inspired you know and has helped them out um, in their careers. And then you've got you know you, you, like Nine to Five, her song Nine to Five, that's sort of the gender pay <laughs> gaps anthem at the moment, and loads of her songs, you know, were when you listen to the lyrics, were forty years early. <laughs> of, of you know there's things being addressed at the moment that you know mm. for songs that came out in the in the 60s um and but her business brain you know her business brain as well her theme park you know she every everyone around her was telling her not to do it and she plowed ahead and did it um and you know it makes millions and it employs lots of her family um oh. so she's got and one thing i love about her is her is her the privacy as well with her husband and that relationship. She's very much always had this sort of line of yeah. this is public and my public persona and and then that's private and you're not going near it. And it yeah. That's, I mean, you, you can understand that that was probably manageable, um, you know, in a sort of formative years of her career. But in, in the world of sort of, you know, where, where the media has been in the last sort of 20 years, to be able to retain that privacy incredible yeah. you know when you're as famous as her and yet i mean I, I couldn't tell you what her husband looks like no i'm that thing i've you know i've remembered i've searched it a few times and there's a couple of of pictures so but then yeah. the early years ones when they first got together and stuff and she um but also she kind of she didn't conform she broke the mold of how to look and went this is how i'm looking yeah. And, you know, and takes the piss out of herself, you know. Yeah. I've seen her live three times, actually. She's incredible. And the stories she tells and the way it's just properly, you're always taking the piss out of herself and, you know, about being cheap, <laughs> cheap, looking cheap and blonde. And, um, but, yeah, she's just so on it. Um, yeah. She, she's always come across uh, with humility. And has yeah. she ever had much um, 
had any hit pieces in the media. I don't re- I don't recall ever seeing the media really going for Dolly Parton. No, and, and that's the thing. I think that's what she's been so clever about, and it is keeping that because a lot often when they media do go, it's it's private stuff. It's private yeah. lives, isn't it? And they're um, yeah. behaving in private lives, or you know, boyfriends, girlfriends, of you know, or what they put on social media and stuff, um, what they've tweeted out stupidly, that kind of stuff. And she just never, yeah. And it kind of goes back to what we said about Oprah earlier. It's like, you know, the the press will jump on something if they think there's a a chink in the armour. But if you're not, you know, you can't fake it. And, 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 you know, if you've been in the industry for that amount of time, you're that respected, you're that loved, then, you know, people, people are on board. They're not interested in, you know, I don't think the fans care, you know, what she does, you know, behind closed doors. They're not interested. They, you know, they, they like what they're given by Dolly. And I think, like, yeah, yeah long may she run. Then she did Glastonbury, didn't she? And all oh, so many yeah, of my friends abused me for so long for being this country music nut. Then this Dolly fan was suddenly like, I remember them posting pictures up from Instagram <laughs> stuff of them, at, yeah, at Glastonbury with her and they go, oh, she's a legend. I'm like, oh, look how you've all turned. Please, yeah. <laughs> I was there first. This is what I've been saying. <laughs> so, yeah. That was an incredible performance yeah. as well. Like, just, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I think if I was to do a top five, I think she'd probably be my number one. Mm. I think she's just an absolute legend. In, in all ways and just watching you know a, a fair few documentaries on it and 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 seeing how she retained the publishing and 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 that was unheard of for a lot of artists not just women um yeah. back then like just artists in general so it was pioneering what she was doing and uh and and yeah oh my god i mean the fact that she retained the the publishing on uh, I Will Always Love You. Yeah. And I mean, that's I'm sure that... that Elvis trying to get it. You just... Yeah. And that, she, you, you hear, she said it was something in her that was like, no, not, they're not having it. Yeah. Because that wasn't a successful tune for, for Dolly Parton in the slightest, was it? It was just a kind of... I believe it's just an album track, but... Uh, like, and not sh- people know it was heard in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's not struggling with a mortgage now on the back of that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, as we start to sort of wrap this up, so the podcast is, is it weekly? Um, yeah, it's weekly. So, yeah, the last episode for Series 2, sorry, Series 1 came out about two weeks ago, and then we were about to start, obviously, recording Series 2, but... Given we record it in a studio, so and Emma's up in Manchester, so um, um, obviously it's tricky at the moment. But I think, um, and we've got some sponsors actually lined up for sort of series two, which is brilliant. Um, and because sort of series one, we just sort of threw out there <laughs> to see to see how it would go, and not much budget, and um, um, and yeah, it's done well, so that's cool. Um, and yeah, so there's there's series one is all out there. To listen to um at the moment and then when we launch series two it will, it will be weekly basically and when we kind of get out of these strange times that we find ourselves and some new new normality resumes um any plans to to do sort of live shows with it yeah completely because actually because of the we've said it from from like the doing recording the first one with the three of us actually we joked that actually sort of and um, the three of us have done some of the panel talks together that we do for KK and that you know with sort of 60 to 100 people listening um about you know sex and dating and 
so and they've they've worked really well so it it sort of we've, we've said it would make complete sense actually just to to do some of them live or do it as a show um with the different guests on because it's easy for the three of us because it is that sort of a bit of a theater it's not sort of one person just asking a guest questions there's actually very sort of topical debates that are interesting to do with everything going on in society when it comes to sort of sex and females um and dating everything you know everything is sort of touched on um so yeah like the live show would love to would love to do it definitely what's next for the empire where's so what else is going um, on at the next, in the next couple of weeks actually we're launching our new we've spent the last two years building a new sort of dating basically the big world the tech world so as i said bumble meets facebook yeah. um so that's all launching in the next couple of weeks we've kind of pushed it forward two months early and tested it in the first week of lockdown really quickly um, on a couple of thousand members to see what worked and um and an app as well a big chat app um so be yeah the whole tech side is is going um thousand miles per hour because it just sort of especially at the moment allows everyone to be part of it and we're doing loads of virtual events every week all our workshops we've gone online all the chats have gone online so at the moment that's um yeah that's what we're doing a big push on and where's the best place for people to find out all about that? Um, so um, www.wearekk.com or www.killingkittens.com. They both feed into the same um, same site. And it's got all the information on that. And, um, yeah, how you can join up, or all the event listings and stuff. So, yeah, or just have a good Google. I mean, there aren't many companies called Killing Kittens, so it's <laughs> at the top of a Google search. <laughs> Well, if it's all right with you, we'll, we'll, when we put this episode out, we'll tag you in um, all the social media stuff so uh, so people that might not have known of uh, Killing Kittens can go and have an explore as well. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Thanks so Wonderful. much for coming on. Great top five, Emma. No worries. And, uh, good luck with the rest of the podcast. Thanks. Lovely. Thanks so much. Thank you. See you Cheers. Later. Bye. Oh, yeah. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and Acast, and it's a one-stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson, and there's features on Jade Adams, and there's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes. So if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good's that? If you haven't managed to get a print copy, then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com It's a drunken soiree in the within. Chris and Stu present our core listing. The podcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.